It's 2017. Welcome back to the Religious Studies Project. My name's Christopher Cotter. I'm David Robertson. And I'm Tommy Coleman. What? What's this? What's this, Tommy? You're here. Hello, hello. I am in Edinburgh right now. And it's been a long time coming, but this is the first time there's been three of us presenting for a number of years, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're delighted to be back. We're delighted to be here in association with the BASR, NAASR, and IAHR. And what interview have we got coming up today, Tommy? Uh, an interview by Brian Fallon, uh, interviewing Dr. Elisha McIntyre on comedy, comedians, and church, the interplay between religion and humor. <laughs> Take it away, Brian. Religion and humour are perhaps not two concepts one often considers together. Beyond the irony of The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, the Tony Award-winning musical The Book of Mormon, or the use of a funny meme or two in my classroom, I know it's not something I've particularly considered thoroughly. However, the interplay between religion and humour comes in many forms. Comedy films, stand-up comedy, musicals, satire, and kitsch products are just a few platforms in which religion and humour come together. To discuss the interplay between these two concepts, I have with me today Dr. Alicia McIntyre. Alicia holds a PhD in studies in religion from the University of Sydney. Her research interests come under the broad umbrellas of religion and popular culture and new religious movements. She has published articles on Hillsong Church, religious kitsch, and Christian and Mormon film. She has lectured and tutored for the Department of Studies in Religion and US Studies Centre at the University of Sydney. Her recent research focuses on religion and humour as expressed in popular religious entertainment and material culture. Currently, she is focusing her research on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormons and is working on a book about religious humour for Bloomsbury Publishing. Thanks very much for joining us today. You're very, very welcome. So how did you get into religion and humour? It's not something that we come across all too often in the field. And I was just wondering if you had a particular story about how you got into it. I do. It's actually because um, I have collected religious kitsch for years and years and years and years. And um, when I was trying to come up with my project for honours in 2008, um, I had this piece in my collection that was a cartoon kind of depiction of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And um, I was literally sitting there staring at it and I thought, why are these jokes so unfunny? <laughs> and I just thought, is, is there a religious reason for it? Because they're just, they were just terrible, you mm -hmm. know, pun, like puns and that kind of really heavy-handed sort of thing. And in particular in the New Testament one, there's like a joke in every one of the cartoon cells with the exception of the crucifixion. And I thought, well, I suppose there's, there's probably obviously a reason for that, in which case that's like the line in which that's, you know, the no-go area. Um, so I just thought, you know what, that would probably make a really good honours project. And I was, I was hooked. <laughs> Okay, so obviously you've you've taken it a lot further from mm -hmm. there. Um, what are the main sort of areas you've been looking into, particularly in religion and humour? Um, so I guess um, what I'll say first is that a lot of people kind of go, oh, do you mean South Park? 
And I kind of have to say, no, I don't. That's a particular... Um, and a lot of the work that has been done on this sort of stuff um, is about religion in mainstream secular comedy like South Park, um, that sort of thing. Um, what I'm interested in is religious people making fun of themselves for, you know, an audience made up of themselves, sort of very insular, internal um, kind of stuff that does occasionally cross over, but not very often. Um, so I've been looking at, um, just because my interests tended towards evangelicals and Mormons, yeah. and they are also um, the groups that produce the most kind of, we're talking kind of popular culture, mm media entertainment sort of stuff so film television stand-up comedy is really huge especially uh, amongst evangelicals cartoons um anything really that um is sort of made in the i mean i I focused last on the last sort of 10 let me date it now since let's say the 21st century roughly with a few kind of um few ones in the 90s kind of getting in there but um, so that's sort of where I'm, I'm at at a more kind of, um, yeah, religion and pop culture sort of place. But in order to, because nothing has really been all done on that really, uh, I then had to use a lot of humour studies stuff. So I ended up going on this sort of roundabout path, going through a lot of humour studies stuff, which I actually found very um, helpful and interesting as well. Um, so it's a very multidisciplinary sort of place to be I guess yeah sure so um you mentioned the Church of the Latter-day Saints and they having a particular sort of burst of their own comedic material and Mm -hmm. you looking specifically at that did you want to just run us through some examples and why they have a burst of their own comedic material sure so um the thing is like the Utah Church has always had a really strong relationship with performing arts. So they, they don't have that sort of Puritan kind of um, thing. So they've always loved theatre and drama and they've had a really strong kind of um, relationship with film. Um, and so, um, so, for example, Brigham Young University is really like strong film school there. And um, so out of that, um, in kind of the story starts in – 2000 with a guy called Richard Dutcher and he made a film called God's Army which was like this kind of gritty um you know independent film about these two Mormon missionaries um and it was like crazy successful within within the world of Utah Mormonism anyway um and it sort of sparked this idea that Mormons could have a legitimate kind of film industry if you will um that wasn't just sort of religious films made by the church and um or sort of sappy kind of feel-good family movies um so there was a comedian called john moyer um who got together with another um kind of byu grad dude called kurt hell and between the two of them um john moyer had written this script for a film called the singles ward and Kurt Hale um, had set up a film kind of studio called Hailstorm Entertainment. And um, after this kind of boom of, um, you know, positivity about Mormon film after God's Army, um, they made The Singles Ward. Um, and The Singles Ward was the first kind of 
comedy. So it was a, it was a rom-com and it was based on John Moyer's actual life. So John Moyer is a stand-up comedian and he um, was married, got divorced and left the church and then came back to the church and he's out of the church now, but um, he basically wrote this comedy based on um, what it's like to be a Mormon um, single person going to the singles ward, which is in itself a huge source of kind of jokes in Mormon culture. And so this film kind of, yeah, sparked this period of um, probably between, yeah, sort of early 2000s and about 2008. Um, Hailstorm made a film nearly every year um, that was a comedy. And they kind of went gangbusters for a bit, but then it sort of ended up like the movies were less and less popular they were more and more cheesy um and you know there's sort of i don't know i guess i have a few ideas about why that kind of petered out but i'd say mostly because it was a high kind of saturation it's a lot of the films had the same actors in them that same kind of jokes they were very very insular so a lot of this mormon comedy um is very specific to utah very specific to the church so so like so many in jokes to the point where if i have um you know friends who say oh let me see one of these mormon films i'll say well you can't you can't just watch it if you don't know anything about the church um because the the level of of humor is so in jokey um that it just doesn't really make any sense and so i think that was part of why it was so great, but part of why it failed as well, because, um, you know, here were all these Mormons getting really excited that they had these um, movies and these comedy films that were fun and family-friendly, um, that were, you know, joking about their own lives, their own interests, their own experiences. Um, but they could never be that successful because if you're not living in, you know, Provo in Utah, um, going to a singles ward – you know, you, there's only so far it's going to go. Um, yeah. So do you think that the way religion and human human interacts is it's mostly for people in their own communities to make fun of themselves? Are there any sort of examples you can think of where a community has made something to be put out beyond their own community yeah, so it's like, it, it kind of, I mean, religious comedy operates the same way that religious popular culture does in general in that, um, you know, it's, they might say, you know, popular culture is a great way to get out there and preach the gospel. It's a really, you know, wonderful tool for us to evangelize. Um, but when you actually look at it, the people that are consuming it are you know, the group themselves, right? So it's the same with, with evangelicals. Most people who are consuming evangelical media are already converted. Um, so it's sort of like they have this, this idea that sure it can cross over, but in, in actuality, um, it tends to not. I mean, of course, there's sort of the spectrum of how, how religious we're talking, you know, with this, with this media sort of stuff. But, um, for the most part, it tends to act as a, sort of identity solidifier rather than a conversion tool, I think, because um, people still still 
say, really Christian comedian? What is that? How is that a thing? Um, yeah. So the other thing that you have talked about is stand up comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned, I think John Moyer was his name mm-hmm. and then Christian comedy and stand up comedy. It's something that we, we do see more and more. Um, is that something that crosses over more? How, how is stand up comedy working in terms of religion and humor? So there's a few different sort of, I guess, types in that sense. Like there's a whole bunch of, um, comedians who would identify themselves as Christians, but they wouldn't sort of put that out there and advertise it. So there's quite a few that do cross over who, you know, you might think you might not know that they're religious. For example, um, Patricia Heaton is a, uh, evangelical, um, Jim Gaffigan's a Catholic. Um, yeah, there's a few out there who just don't sort of make a make a deal of it at all and then there are some that go the complete opposite and only work in churches they only you know they market themselves to a really particular um group and probably the best example of that is this woman called Shonda Pierce who is incredibly successful within her own market um she has been a stand-up comic for 20 years and she's been nominated for Emmys she's sold like all these gold albums like she's a really high seller but she performs in churches that's pretty much it um she has one extended kind of joke about the time that she went to Hollywood and she's kind of been in one or two movies but her sort of attitude to Hollywood and um you know actually performing in clubs like you know mainstream clubs is basically like oh no they're just they're too blue um and you know these aren't my people you know but she's very successful in her own sort of world and um yeah she's pretty incredible so in that way do you think that what religion and humor shows us is that there's sort of this untapped niche in popular culture in terms of this sort of comedic genre that certain individuals have been able to sort of tap into and become very successful or do you think that's all just been by accident well i think comedians are very deliberate about Mm. about what they do um i did a lot of field work with um christian and mormon stand-ups and they they do they think about it very carefully as you know all comics do um but they have this extra level of thinking about their relation with um with their religion, right? And their audience's religion, which um, the interesting thing, the sort of problem comes when a lot of, um, there's a lot of sort of boundaries and barriers that can get in the way. So it depends on if you get a comedian um, like Shonda Pierce, she's very experienced and she's very skilled and very talented. So she's actually very funny. Um, and I know it's, it's hard to sort of, it's a very subjective statement and you tend to have to stay away from whether something's funny or not funny. Um, but I'm interested in like the, I guess kind of the, the quality of the jokes that people tell. And one of the problems that happens to religious humor is that people assume it's terrible, couldn't possibly be funny. And often a lot of it isn't, mm. um, in a sort of as objective a sense as you can ever say that, um, and a lot of it isn't funny because it's very safe, right? Which is, of course, you know, when you think about humor, you have to think about things like why does satire work, right? Does humor only really work when it's sort of um, 
you know, got some element of critique in it or, um, you know, can you have entirely safe humour? Um, and, of course, Christian and Mormon humour is very obsessed with this idea of being clean, right? So it's sort of and, – and clean can mean a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, all of these sort of um, shortcut words that, that get used. In, but essentially means no – no swearing, no sex humour, no toilet humour, um, which, you know, again, you interpret that how you will, um, yes. but that can be a barrier. Yeah, so this idea of, you know, we'll probably assume that religious humour is going to be safe, but there have to be instances in which there has been backlash or it's gone particularly wrong i mean when you think about religious humor in a secular environment you think of people um you know really attacking particular faiths particular communities have you come across that in in your studies in your research so i know from um some of the interviews i did um there's definitely um, moments where comics have they were talking to me about reactions that they'd had from their audiences. They get emails um, where they say, you know, look, I don't, I don't think you should be joking about that. That's inappropriate. Um, that's blasphemous. That's, you know, very, you know, crude. And there are instances where comics have taken jokes out of their set because they've had, um, you know, poor sort of responses from their audiences. Um, and it depends on the individual comic um, how far they're willing to go um so some of them clearly recognize that their market is um so Thor Ramsey who I worked with he used to refer to it as the soccer mom kind of market so they're the the women who are going out and buying dvds so you've got to you know not not offend them um and so he had a few lines in there about um or that they just felt were a bit kind of attacking a bit too hostile um and so he would sort of think about it and then, you know, take it out or alter it so that it wasn't um, – or he'd sort of um, – and a lot of them do this in that they sort of set up the joke in a way to make it okay. Um, there's a lot of sort of joke sort of context and technique that's going on in there to make these jokes okay. And that matters because, you know, it's an insider saying it. It matters who's saying the joke. So if it's an outsider, if it's a secular – um, comedian or, you know, if it's whatever, Bill Maher or somebody, um, South Park, um, that sort of situation, they're much more likely to, you know, reject it. Mm. Whereas if it's somebody um, who's part of the group, it's always more acceptable. Mm. So there's this idea of, you know, the insider and the comedy is obviously a little bit more safe. Um, do you think there's any other sort of major differences between sort of, I suppose, religious comedy and secular comedy, if we can kind of mm-hmm. make that binary? Yeah, so I, when, I say, when I say religious comedy, I mean comedy that's kind of used religiously in the sense that it's used, um, even though it's used the way that humour is used, like for entertainment, part of the, the, the purpose of that is to do things like reaffirm your identity as a Christian, reaffirm your worldview, um, be used uh, for evangelism and um, all that sort of thing. And th- those, to me, are religious 
purposes. Um, so religious humor tends to get, get used for those reasons. Um, it can also then, of course, have the same sort of purpose as secular humor with things like satire. If it's, you know, designed to critique, um, a group, it could be a religious group, it could be politicians, whatever, um, has the same sort of purpose in many ways. So there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. And a lot of that is, of course, content. Mm. Um, a lot of religious comedians want to be able to joke about things that are relevant to their lives, right? Church, mm. the Bible, um, God, Jesus, which, you know, is a very touchy subject, but mm. they still want to be able to include it without feeling like they're going to be, you know, booed off stage or um, yeah. get called, you know, weak or you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So there's a lot of, a lot of prayer elements that happen in, um, in especially kind of stand up comedy. Um, like, do they open with a prayer or? Some of them do. Some of them have a, um, just, just f- will kind of reference it in a way that, um, kind of include, in the way that comedians will talk about their lives openly. Um, yeah. They will refer to all sorts of things. Um, Shonda Pierce especially, she's very kind of worshipful in her style. Yeah. Some comedians have a very um, – they're almost like a have a preacher sort of style. Um, Brad Stein is a evangelical who has a very um, – he has quite an aggressive sort of stage presence, but he sees himself as a sort of, you know, comedian-come-preacher um, mm. sort of situation. Mm. So in that way, I guess what you're saying about religious comedy is that it's, you know, it's being used to, you know, affirm faith and grow faith, mm-hmm. not just as entertainment, which I think is a really interesting point. And I have a bit of a left field question in that, do you think that religious comedy sort of aids in keeping particularly sort of maybe um, the LDS community a little bit more insular in that they have, you know, their own films and their own comedy and, you know, they can kind of just interact in and of themselves? Or do you think that they're still choosing to, you know, go beyond their own community? Or do you think that this sort of, you know, entertainment put together with, you know, that affirmation of faith and growth of faith means that they can just really stay within within themselves. I think the, case, the the thing with the Mormons is that even though there's you know 15 million of them in the world, um, not the, the it's actually not the majority of them that are in Utah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, a lot of this stuff is coming out of Utah. So um, in terms of the global church, no, um, and also there's not enough of it really to to have them consume exclusively and that just doesn't that just doesn't happen um with most religious media anyway they're not uh, unless you're particularly fundamentalist um you know you don't tend to only consume mormon film um you would you know especially in america you are just 
consuming entertainment generally, you are probably more selective about what you're choosing. So Mormons are very um, particular about things like, you know, avoiding R-rated movies and um, watching, you know, wholesome entertainment and all that kind of thing. And all of those sort of taste decisions play into their choices about humour and comedy. Um, and just because, practically speaking, the, the selection is so small, um, I guess that must is sort of one area of life in which, yeah, you can, you can sort of um, enjoy a small section of film that is about you and your people, but you're also going to go to the movies like anyone else. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think we'll probably just finish up there. Did you have any final points about religion and humour that you wanted to, to share with us? Um, not especially, but I, I just think it's – I think it's a – Obviously, I think it's an under kind of looked at phenomenon. Um, a lot of people are still surprised that it's a thing, um, but it operates the same way that mainstream humor does in many ways, but it's also got its own unique sort of set of um, kind of things going on. So if you're interested in, you know, religion and popular culture, it's a really great, like, um, I guess, window into that, um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And I think we should all go and check out some, some Mormon <laughs> film to have a look at some of that way that yes. humor is. You might need there. a translator. <laughs> yes. We'll, we, we'll see if we get those jokes. But thanks again for joining us. No problem. Well, listeners, um, that was a wonderful interview, and we've just been sitting listening to it, thinking of um, all of the offensive jokes um, that we can, um, but none of them are safe for a broadcast, and would probably lose us jobs that we don't have. Well, we must remember that stereotypes are not always true, but they are always funny. <laughs> See, this is why we never have you on, Tommy. <laughs> First time on, you're already, uh, you know, offending large populations. Um, what do we have next week? Anybody got the listing in front of you? Uh, religion, spirituality, and addiction recovery with uh, Dr. Wendy Dawson. And that's uh, the first interview of the year by my good colleague, Dr. Christopher Cotter. And oh, we haven't uh, um, congratulated you on air yet uh, since we were last on, of course. Christopher has now achieved the lofty heights of the ivory tower and is, in fact, a doctor of philosophy. Yes. How does it feel? Um, it feels um, exactly the same, except I now have no purpose. But you have a degree. Yes, um, but now I can get admitted to the hallowed halls of no jobs. Uh, we'll see. We I never know. I have much know. to look forward to then. Um, David also has some news as well since the last podcast recording. Indeed, I am going to be working as a part-time lecturer for the Open University starting um, day after tomorrow, in fact, uh, for the next two years. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And this is part of the reason that we have Tommy with us today, helping with the uh, the presentations. Um, you know, obviously, the bigger the project gets, the more things there are to do. So Tommy's going to be taking some of the day-to-day -day running of the project off while I concentrate, and Chris and I both concentrate on things behind the scenes. Although we'll still be your regular 
co-hosts week on, week out. So, um, yeah, may I'll pass over to you, Chris, to take us out with the usual um, calls. That you can, that you can. Don't forget to use our Amazon links, amazon.com.ca and .co.uk. Um, it particularly benefits us over the festive period, but the whole year you can use those links. Um, don't remember... Don't forget. Don't for, don't remember what Chris. Don't forget to subscribe on the website to iTunes and remember to check out our Facebook and Twitter feeds and our growing, our burgeoning YouTube channel. I know what we say to take us out here. What's we that? say thanks for listening. Uh-huh.